Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Let us listen for the word of God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation, meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. This John the Baptist is an interesting person and one who I'll preach upon next week. But today I want to focus upon the theme with which we lit the Advent candle. And that is peace. This is a busy time of year. Some of it is commercial, shopping, people spending more than they should, or regrettably, more than they can. But there's also the busyness of family getting together over a meal, sharing time together, numerous opportunities to gather here at the church, all having great experiences, I hope. Some of you probably have lists of things that you want and need to get done, professional and family lists, and maybe you feel like they just keep getting longer and longer. For every one item you check off, two more appear. Maybe you're balancing numerous demands on your time, a career, family, volunteering with organizations that you care deeply about, the church, please, thank you, And it all just gets so heightened with the extra demands you feel on your time during this time of year. I know that for some here, there are important decisions that need to be made. And contemplating and deciding which way to go on these decisions cannot be put on pause. Some are debating which schools, universities, grad schools to apply to and select. 
Some are weighing job and career options. They're searching, they're interviewing, and they're contemplating what opportunities to accept or decline or just praying for one opportunity to come about to be in such a place to decide. And I also know that there are people who are navigating medical and important situations regarding their health and the health of loved ones. Amid all of this busyness, this morning David and Debbie lit our second Advent candle, the candle of peace. And as I said last week, I hope that worship here at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church can be a source of peace and calm amid the hustle and bustle, amid all of the storms of life. I'm so glad that you are here with us this morning, and I hope that worship can provide the grounding that I believe each of us need to navigate this world among God's disciples. We hear talk about peace all of the time, most often on a global scale. And that is desired and sought for and oh so desperately needed. And it is worthwhile of our prayers and our longings. But this morning I want to talk about a peace that is more personal, a peace that we might get to feel within our hearts. And I think the whole goal behind what Beverly told the children and you was that in the moments of busyness, to just reflect on the peace that is available in God. Peace just might be the most frequent, unrealized desire of our prayers, one that is so important, but we often don't even pray for. How often do you pray not for the solution or desired outcome of a situation, but how often do you just pray for peace, no matter what might be? Instead of praying for peace, no matter the circumstance, so often we, or myself, pray for desired outcomes. The peace I'm preaching about isn't wanting X and Y to happen as if X and Y will bring about or equals peace. Instead, it is about settling on peace no matter what X and Y are and regardless of whether they happen or not. I'm preaching about a peace that's rooted upon the truth of Jesus Christ and that is transferable no matter the situation. I'm defining peace as the restoration and preservation of our relationship with God, a peace available in Jesus Christ. This kind of peace is a deep-seated satisfaction within your life, independent of the winds of chance and change. Peace as a deep satisfaction that transcends the temporal situations that you might be facing. This definition of peace is biblical because it's based upon the love of God as revealed throughout the entirety of Scripture. True peace is calm amid all the storms of life. That Jesus demonstrated peace when the storm was raging and the boat was violently rocking amid the waves. 
whereas the others doubted and worried and were thrown into a desperate panic. Jesus had peace when the storm was raging because he had perfect faith. It doesn't mean that Jesus was happy about the storms. It doesn't mean that he didn't long for calmer weather. But that no matter the situation, the storm or not, he had peace rooted in God. I'm reminded of the first psalm, Psalm 1, which describes the one rooted in the Lord as being like a tree planted by streams of water. A tree that flourishes, that might bend in the wind, but never breaks and gives way. If only we too had perfect faith, then we would have peace, just as Jesus had peace. But we don't. I wish we did, but we don't. In addition to not having perfect peace or perfect faith, there is a lot out there that robs us of the peace that we do have. The concerns we carry, which may be very serious and legitimate stressors, and in no way do I want to diminish their importance. There's also the busyness of our lives, the demands placed upon us, and also very worthwhile, the goals and hopes that we strive to make a reality. Amid all of this, it might be easy to feel stressed, restless, and chaotic. Against these feelings, there are, against these feelings, I want to ask if there are any who long to feel more harmony and symmetry within their lives. I do. Do you? Second Peter, our epistle for today, begins by listing who the epistle is addressed to, and it then declares, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace to you. Going through the epistles, first Peter begins the same way, as does Paul's epistle to the Romans, Paul's epistle to the Corinthians 1 and 2, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. 1 Timothy is a little different, but very similar. It begins with grace, mercy, and peace to you. 2 Timothy returns to grace and peace, as does Titus and Philemon. Hebrews doesn't. It gets right into theological work. James doesn't. He starts with just more generalized greetings, but 2 John returns to the same grace and peace greeting, and John 3 ends with it, and Jude begins with something very similar. Mercy, peace, and love over and over again, in the vast majority of the epistles, the author addresses the people receiving the letter saying, grace and peace to you. This isn't some simple greeting. Hello, greetings, dear. This isn't a simple greeting, but a theological truth that the epistle writers wanted their audience to know that grace and peace go together. Grace is what best describes the Christian gospel. Grace brings peace to our relationship with God. The Bible tells us when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And accepting grace 
brings us closer to the peace of God. The epistle authors weren't referring to the false peace provided by a common, the Pax Romana Empire. Instead, they were referring to a peace which transcends temporal and earthly circumstances because that peace is rooted in the grace that you receive in God through what Jesus Christ has done for you. The earliest pages of the Bible, the book of Genesis with creation, describe not just the entrance of sin into the world, but the loss of shalom, peace with God and neighbor. Eden, as in the Garden of Eden, means paradise. And well, the first things that come to mind when we picture Eden might be images of a lush subtropical landscape. We know from the Bible there were trees and running water, but the overall image and message, no matter what Eden is supposed to look like, is most accurately an image of peace. Eden is peace. There was no sin and shame. There was nothing to hide and no one to hide from. Instead of being at war within oneself or with others or with God, there was harmony, synchronicity, and peace with God, with neighbor, with the world in which we live. We were who we were created to be. An unstained image of relationship with each other, the created order, with neighbor, and with God. Eden is peace. But something happened, and that peace was taken away, but not entirely lost. For God persisted, and God's persistence is what is revealed throughout both the Old and New Testament that God never gives up in spite of the entrance of sin into this world. God never gave up. And God gives us glimpses and opportunities to reclaim some of what was lost. And in Jesus Christ, through grace, showed us that true peace is indeed possible. Grace and peace. Peace rests in the grace of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. And being found in Jesus Christ, peace transcends all earthly trials, wars, tribulations, joys, and hopes. Peace does not change like the weather. Peace is constant and always available. The formula isn't X plus Y equals peace. It is simply peace because Jesus Christ is available no matter what X and Y might bring. Peace is here in Jesus Christ, and that's what we recognize with the lighting of the Advent candle, aware of the realities of the world, and that is what we proclaim each and every Christmas. It doesn't matter what the world is like, we will proclaim the good news of Christmas here, believing that God always wins. Peace is available, but peace is hard to grasp. I've said this before, 
I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis in the preface of his book, The Problem of Pain. And you can tell by my repeating it that it's a verse that has stuck with me and is applicable to numerous situations. C.S. Lewis was married late in life, and then the wife that he married late in life died all too suddenly and early, and he was wreaked with mourning and a sense of loss. But he was also an amazing theologian. He wrote Mere Christianity as a series of broadcasts on BBC Radio during World War II, professing faith in God and in Christ in spite of the reality of war and hardship in Great Britain and suffered throughout the world. He sought to give hope to a people who knew the realities of the world. And based upon the success of Mere Christianity, the publishers came to him and they said, we want you to write a book on the problem of pain in the world to which C.S. Lewis went off, thought about it, went back to the publisher and said that he would be willing to write such a book, but only if he can write it under a pseudonym, a false name, because in writing a book on pain, he would be forced to write things that he believed to be theologically true that he had a difficult time living up to. And anyone knew, who knew him personally would know that he might be a little bit of a fraud professing that which he has such a difficult time living up to. And I give this example from C.S. Lewis only to say that I very much believe that peace is available to each and every one of us right here and now, but I also know how elusive and hard it can be to hold on to that peace in face of some of the hardships you all might be facing. And if you aren't facing them now, then maybe one day you will be forced to hold on to peace during such a storm within your life. I pray that you don't have to, but I need to prepare you that you might, just as we all need to be prepared to navigate the realities of this world with the peace of grace available in Jesus Christ in our lives. Peace is available, but it is so hard to accept but today, I want you to accept, as Paul Tillich so famously said, it's not brilliant, it's so simple that it is brilliant. You are accepted. In Jesus Christ, the peace available through God is meant for you. And no matter what war you feel you are waging, no matter what storm you feel you are navigating, peace is ready and available for you. And it may be very difficult to lay hold of, but that is our Christian effort to try. Peace is not naive, it isn't unaware or unrealistic, and this morning I want to define peace in a truly Christian way. A peace distinct for the church. Peace is the rightful prioritization of our values. Peace is putting Jesus Christ above and before everything else. Even that, which, even that which may seem so worthwhile and good. Peace is deep-seated assurance, not because of what we have done or can do, but because of what God has done for us. And as each of the epistle writers get so well, grace and peace go hand in hand. We need God's grace. We're not perfect, we're sinful, and we fall short. And what C.S. Lewis's example puts so well, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak, but yet we persist and we try because God never gives up on us. 
grace and peace. As Romans 5, 1 through 2 states, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, not works, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of the Lord. As Jesus himself tells us in the Gospels numerous times, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We are busy. But amid the busyness, this Advent season, I want you to remember the grace of God available for you to lay hold of. Instead of just pursuing peace in our world, in each of our lives, instead of just desiring for harmony, symmetry, synchronicity with a work-life balance, a relationship with other people, and most importantly with God, instead of pursuing peace, let us pursue Jesus Christ, for in him there is both grace and peace. He comes first. With everything else, it all follows. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.